an intro song you might not have heard before because I think I've only played it once before. I want to share my Perrysburg career day experience with you from Friday and something that I learned. I briefly thought, no, I think this is going to be okay, but I got it after a very insightful explanation. Welcome to the podcast today. It is a little bit after two o'clock on a rainy, dreary Monday, March 27th, as we are on opening day week. We're going to do the radio show live, and there will be lots of talking and um, not a lot of music. Uh, Some of the music that will be played on the show between 12 and 3, live from Paco's on Friday. Whole crew's going to be there. Hope to see you, Um, Alex, Bethany, Ashley might make it out. Floyd will be there. Uh, My good friend Chris Proctor. Um, So many names are going to drop by. We're going to have a great time. I asked DJ A-Dub to give me some opening day mixes. What do you mean? Give me like um, sports anthem music. Party rock anthem. Party up. Songs you'd hear at a game. So A-Dub's going to hook me up with a couple of those. Let me do a couple of sports things real fast. Friday night, the Walleye lost their historic winning streak. They won again on Saturday, lost yesterday. They're home again next weekend for the triple-double header. The Hens play three games, so do the Walleye. It was Friday night, I think. No, it was Thursday night when... um. The Falcons, Lady Falcons in the WNIT, won another game, this time against Memphis. And in the handshake line, one of the Memphis girls landed a punch against one of the BG girls. She has been charged with assault. I don't know what consequences will come with that. Consequences of the Lady Falcons win. Um, Where another game tonight? They get to host another game. Two games ago, I was like, they, they're done, right? At the Stroh, they'll go to a bigger venue now. Uh, Stroh Center tonight, 6 o'clock. And they welcome the Lady Gators of Florida. Good luck to them. And um, while all this carnage is taking place in both men's and women's NCAA tournaments, um, lots of surprises in the men's Final Four. Uh, I saw on the women's side, this is the first time in a long time, it's in 13 or 17 years, that UConn will not be part of the Final Four. That's that's historic for them not making it and for who else will be in it besides them. Uh, it's very likely Zaya Cook's South Carolina Gamecocks will be there. They face Maryland tonight at 7 o'clock. I believe they are a 14-point favorite. They are just romping through and overwhelming every single opponent. Did I have other sports stuff to get to? We got to the assault. Um, is Coach Cullop going to depart from the Rockets? She is certainly qualified to do so if another school comes after her. Um, There was a rumor a few weeks ago that Pittsburgh was seeking a head coach, and her name was connected with that um, when Trisha was asked about it, when Coach Culp was asked about it. You know, there are people who don't like or will not call people coach this, coach that. They're like, they're not my coach. That's Trisha to me. That's Todd to me. I don't owe them the respect the players do. Good point. Fair point. Anyway, Trisha had no idea about the Pittsburgh stuff. Um, she was asked, I think, by David Briggs, a, the wonderful sports columnist at The Blade. That's a tough question. Like, what would take her away? 
Um, I'll be honest, I've stayed at Toledo as long as I have because I truly love this place and I love the people that make up this place. It would have to be something unbelievable, a place where I could chase a national championship before I would think about jumping, but it would also take equally unbelievable people. That has always mattered to me more than a paycheck. The support that I have here would have to be matched. I have been very fortunate and very grateful here at Toledo. The uh, one job opening that uh, David mentioned here was the opening of Michigan State, which is obviously a much bigger school um, than than here at at Toledo. Um, Let's see. For context on the rates, Trisha Culp earned $50,000 this year, the former Michigan State coach. Susie Merchant earned six hundred and thirty-seven thousand, and um, Coach Culp is a native of Okemos, Michigan, which is nearby East Lansing. So we'll see if they come chase her, and um, how much money they might have to throw at her, maybe doubling her salary or more, to get her to consider it and to make the move. I hope she does not leave. I know she is a pillar and a bedrock here in our community. Um, I got to be out in the community on Friday, Perrysburg's career day, and I was a bit vexed about what direction should I go in it because these kids, they were 13 and 14-year-olds, freshmen and sophomore at Perrysburg, um, they don't know what radio is. I was fortunate. Um, I had thrown my services out. They had a lot of cancellations and presenters who backed out. So um, I got put in the auditorium and not a classroom. And, you know, my my lunch session was removed, which is good. I didn't want to sit around. And they gave me, I think, six sessions. And I got to tell you, when I got home, I was as exhausted as I've been in some time. I uh, pre-recorded my radio shows for Friday and Saturday because I've done this before where I've had speaking sessions and then come in and I just have nothing to say. Like, I can't talk anymore. And granted, um, and I, I deeply respect any teacher that stands up in these classrooms and goes over the same thing how many ever times per day. I did six 25-minute performances. Now, granted, I'd like to think I'm a little more performative uh, when I do these presentations. And if I were a teacher and I needed to pace myself over the course of a day, a week, a year, I wouldn't be so performative instead of emptying the tank as I did on Friday. But I did. I hope the kids got something. Um, I asked, "Why are you guys in here?" I wanted to know why they came to, why they picked my session. Of the, I don't know how. There's between fifty and seventy-five kids in the in all the sessions, and I got a couple of answers. I like music, okay. And the and another kid, James, said he wanted to be a YouTuber, but his mom is not going to let him be a YouTuber till he's eighteen. Way to go, mom. In fact, let me go on that tangent real fast. You may have seen this Utah law about um, more guardrails and restrictions on social media. Um, we, we Looking back, we've really botched this. I know that I did this not that long ago. Uh, I'm going to throw it out there again. When you can get Democrats and Republicans to agree so heartily on a single issue... Um, you know that, that that something's real, real, real wrong. Um, we now have more than enough data to see that social media has had a negative effect on kids, has had a negative effect on human beings in a lot of ways who can't control their urges to continue to doom scroll. 
But um, I finally got it when this discussion really began to ramp up in the, in the last six weeks or two months ago. Oh, I get it. Like, if we couldn't buy certain CDs when I was 15 because of parental advisory, whether it was lyrics or content, and I couldn't go to an R-rated movie till I was X age, if I couldn't smoke or vote or drink or a handful of other things, how is social media any different? Um, because it was a kind of technology. We, we really, we really missed this. And I wonder what would have happened if there were more restrictive guidelines on social media. And I know that parent parents have had access to a lot of parental filters, but if you are a parent, if you're a human being, an adult who is struggling with social media, are you able to put the correct parental controls on your kid? And I'm questioning you a little bit or someone because we know that plenty of parents, plenty of adults have lives have spiraled out of control because of social media. And we expect them to put safety precautions in place for their kids. Now, this gets into a hairy area of we don't want the government interfering in certain parts of our life. But I think the analogies I used of music, content, uh, movies, smoking, and other things that we, we realize were for adults. And I know that those age restrictions, I think there was a point in time where in New Jersey, the drinking age was only 18. Um, and I hope it's not too late and not too much toothpaste is out of the tube. Not too many bells have been rung to save too many kids um because we see how disastrous it can be to kids if your brain is not fully developed enough to do certain adult things why are we sending you out here into this basically unfiltered wild wild west where if you can imagine it it's probably out there with a quick search um so james the youtuber good for his mom for uh holding him back on on that the questions i got Afterwards, the kids were encouraged to ask questions, and I got the same few from all these kids, and there was less than, there's like three or five. Um, what kind of education do you need for this? And I'm like, none. They were clearly not paying attention, or I wasn't clear that I went to three semesters of college. I went to one and a half of them. I, I, I attended one and a half of them. How much do you make? Well, I know we went over this. Not a lot. Whatever. They're freshmen and sophomores. Um, I told them. Kids, I work in radio. I know you don't know what that is. I do a podcast too. I know you know what content is. So in this presentation, if there's a pie chart, 33% radio and my career path, 33% mental health, 33% hopefully some general life advice that you could take or professional and life advice that you can take anywhere with you, regardless of the work or career or occupation or whatever it is you want to do. You can apply these things and be more successful. Cool. Thanks. Bye. So, forever, I when I do presentations of whoever, I go, can I have a volunteer? And whoever raises their hand, I, I look over them. Um, I want someone who actually hasn't raised their hand so I can prove a point. Um, and I'm, I'm careful. I don't think I'm disrespectful. This has never failed, but I understood the point that was given to me the other day. So uh, I brought these these kids up. Uh, first girl is Lily. I'm like Lily, how nervous are you? To scale of one to ten, she's like nine or nine or ten. Um, okay, when we uh, when we wrapped up, 
Uh, Lily, how nervous are you? Uh, a lot lower now, like whatever number. She, but she's had a lot lower. And there was Aspen. I said, Aspen, on a scale of 1 to 10, how nervous are you? She's like, I'm always nervous. I'm like, okay, well, just chill there for me. Get yourself comfortable. And then I start doing my spiel. And I didn't connect it real tightly, but the point was, and there was somewhere in my presentation of how my mental health was fragile and then destroyed by the worst professional year of my life in 2020 and how I really dove into... Now, that's when Diddy came into my life and I chased medication at the end of that year and continued therapy, all this stuff. And then 2015, my life was saved with the Cymbalta. Uh, the point being to them, and I did explain it to both of them, your number went down because of a cognitive behavioral therapy technique called immersion or flooding. You put yourself in this situation that causes you nervousness or anxiety or stress or distress and... Since most of the time, um, your brain is lying to you in these situations, uh, I did not put you in a cage with a lion. I just put you up here to sit and um, sit next to her, stand next to me and just hang out while I'm talking. But I understand for them, some of these kids, it's like they should be in a lion's den. They might rather be with a lion. But both times, my experiment worked to show them that if you just sit through and, in a way, sweat out, these nerves and these anxieties, they'll go away and your brain will go, your brain will back off. And then your reasoning will go, oh, I don't really have much to worry about in the first place. Uh, then after the second one, the Perrysburg, uh, a teacher was in there, the Perrysburg teacher said, you know, I can't have you pulling these kids up here who don't want to be up there because, and then we got into, I, I got the spiel. Like, I got it. Like, I I totally, she's like, can you pull a kid up who volunteers? I'm like, no, because that kind of defeats the purpose of proving that you can overcome something and learn this coping skill. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Just, well, we'll, we'll, I'll drop it out. She continued to bend my ear a little bit. And I was like, I got it. And then uh, Mr. Boggs, Matt Boggs, who was an English teacher there, had a great conversation with him, explained to me that, yeah, some of these kids just, they get frantic and panicked. And he's like, I know you and I used to go up there and do oral reports. I was like, hell yeah, I'd like to get the extra, extra credit to go first. He's like, but yeah, we just, he even said, the science doesn't back up kids doing uh, these kind of oral reports anymore. In fact, this morning, I looked up on uh, the OpenAI, the chat GPT, GPT, I asked about oral reports, and it said oral reports are really good for a lot of students. But for some, they're devastating. So we're more careful about it. And um, cool, I got it. I will be more wary of that when I uh, encounter minors from now on. I I learned not to, to pull them up there. And again, even though I said this has always worked, um, it's not worth wrecking that one poor kid when clearly that's not my intention at all. I hope the kids got something out of it. Um, I am satisfied with my performance, although there's one line that I try to always get to that I did not, and that is, don't let your passion become your prison. Your job. Um, look, I, I like my job being an integral part of the fabric of who I am. Um, and I'm okay, you know, doing extra hours or going above and beyond, even though I'm not getting paid anymore. But it 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 pays me back in in other ways. But um, if your job or your work is a passion, and then it eventually becomes less of a passion, um, it may become your prison, and then you will hate what you do. Perhaps what was once a passion will become 
something that rips all joy from your life. So I didn't say, don't let your passion become your punishment. I did say, uh, promises can be prisons, but that was in regards to uh, medications. I hope those kids got plenty out of it. I tried to be as helpful as I could uh, within the guidelines of, uh, of, of what I was asked to do, not straight up career stuff like from beginning till end, but my mental health is a part of my career. Um, it's a part of who I am. And I always want to share that story when I have the opportunity. But six of those for 25, nearly 30 minutes, I was exasperated. Like I was dizzied when I got to work and then went home. Uh, last couple of things. Alex's birthday is on Wednesday and I have no idea what to do or get for her. Uh, one last thing. We've had some pretty feisty food and internet discussions. What color is that dress? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Should we put pineapple on pizza? Uh, apparently, according to TSA, peanut butter is a liquid. So it there is a limited amount you can bring on a plane. I don't know why this came up. I guess only one person, according to this story, has ever been affected. They had to get rid of a get rid of a jar of Jif. Um, my only pushback, and there were some really good responses, like why do something about it? If it's a liquid or not a liquid, why do we wait and wait and volume, blah, blah, blah. Hopefully that made some sense. My thinking was, um, and I am by means no scientist. If I, put, I, I like to take a couple of tablespoons of peanut butter, put it in a small container or a bowl, microwave it so it becomes melted and uh, dip apples in there. When it's melted, it's definitely in a liquid form. So that might have you believe that in a previous state, it was not liquid. Anyway, um, a fun debate that the internet had that I don't think got superheated. But um, to go back to and kind of wrap up this and bring us a little full circle, I have extended myself into a few more communities on the internet uh, through Reddit and then some other places. And this goes back to like... 15 years ago, whenever it was, when you were first able to put comments on an internet story or an article, and it was just like the worst of humanity. So I'm in some of these Reddit communities, add that to the other places I'm, I'm on the internet, and there is just, in, uh, and I know we know this, but to see it in different places and sure, these platforms allow it and can maybe police it better, but it's people. It's people who are saying these horrific things to strangers that they will never meet. And I know all the cliches about they never say it in real life, but I, I'm just glad that it took me a long time, but I think I've gotten to a point now where the internet and its toxicity, um, its nuclear radiation that could blow me to smithereens. I, I manage it well and I don't let it consume my life or at least consume my mood and plant seeds and then stalks of negativity. I remind myself, just close the damn, like you don't need to be on there. Close the damn app. Stop reading that story. There is a lot of insight that says like, don't aimlessly scroll the internet. The be The best people, this is advice from years ago. The people who 
do best with the internet and have the, the safest, cleanest, healthiest relationship are the people who get in or get on, get in, get what they need and get out. No aimless scrolling or reading. In, in other words, no rabbit holes. But that provoked my mind and I enjoyed some Wikipedia rabbit holes and I like learning a lot of aimless stuff. I think I have a healthy relationship with the internet or as healthy as most people or as most people could have. And I do feel bad for kids. Um, to go back to what I was asked to do, like I didn't even think about, yeah, these, these kids are nervous up here and they could have a kid that bullies them in that crowd. That person could be videotaping them the whole time. And while they said their anxiety went down, that kid could have released that video and all of a sudden that kid who was up there with me who learned that their anxiety will go away is now in a cauldron of drama and gossip and who knows what else because somebody that doesn't like them put a video from them on stage out to the school and their brain is unable to process that kind of situation and god forbid something even worse than that happens and i know you know what i'm talking about thanks for the time today i don't know how many podcasts we will have this week but when they're there i hope you listen to them